How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to The Way of the Wolf. Our guest on the show today is a gentleman named Jimmy Hamilton. He has an online presence focused on the alpha mindset motivation. Whenever I think about The Way of the Wolf, alpha also comes to mind. I, I don't recall how I came across his profile or content, but over the past six months or so, I've been following him and just has some phenomenal stuff that he talks about. Now, he focuses a lot on self-improvement, dating and breakups, and then just fitness and lifestyle and becoming the best version of ourselves. So, Jimmy, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Okay. One of the things I like to start off with is just asking our guests, who is Jimmy Hamilton? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, sir. Uh, so I'm 35. Uh, I'll be going on uh, 36 in September. Uh, I reside in Boise, Idaho, uh, in the U.S. I've been doing um, self-improvement coaching for uh, just a little over a year, a year and a half now. Um, and what got me into this was prior to that, um, I was a, a coach for a company, online company, supplement company uh, called Bodybuilding.com. So I was a coach there for four years. Um, you know, talked about health, nutrition, supplementation, you know, all, all the above. And when I left that, um, that job, um, I started a, a food truck with my mother. We did that for about four years, but I really wanted to get back into coaching. I really did. And I wanted to expand more than just the health and fitness aspect. So I've always been big on self-improvement for myself, just personally taking care of myself and just, just mindset. I, I've just, even with my friends growing up, I've just been a little bit different where I'm like, mm, you know, it's just, just, just the way I approach dating and, and just things I talk about now has just been a little different. So it's manifested into really just what it is now. And um, yeah, I enjoy it and just want to keep expanding what I'm doing. I love it. That's that's fantastic. For me, I focused a lot on leadership development and over the past couple of years, and that's starting to bleed into to personal development and life coaching. A couple of months ago, I actually had somebody reach out to me asking if I do any sort of life coaching, which initially I was like, oh, that's not really what I'm strong at, but I've I've found that I also really enjoy that. And whenever you look at becoming the best versions of ourselves, all of these little aspects of our life, whether it's our career, our relationship with friends, family, dating, or, or business partners, it, it all kind of plays into one another. And health and fitness is a huge aspect of that. I'm very interested to hear, could you share a little bit more about your experience with bodybuilding.com and, and what you did as a coach there? Because I, I didn't even realize that they had coaches. Yeah, so it was part of the quality assurance department. So. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, responsible for uh, other individuals um, to, you know, help the customers that call in, they can chat in, email, you know, so um, helping them. So essentially I was teaching others with, you know, how to teach diet plans, um, how to calculate macros. Um, so yeah, I was actually coaching others to coach others. So it, it gets a little ch challenging because it's not just making sure that the other person understands. You have to make sure that the other person understands enough to teach someone else. So, uh, yeah, that's what I did there. Um, and, um, yeah, really just touch, I helped coach on all that supplementation, um, diet is a big one, of course, Di diet's key. And then of course, workouts and training and programs and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 
Yeah, diet is an absolute must whenever you start going on any sort of health and fitness or wellness journey. It's something that, you know, growing up during junior high and high school and even college, you don't really have to worry about nutrition as much. I wish I would have. But I didn't really have to worry about nutrition as much. I, I'm kind of your, your typical little skinny, scrawny guy. And, and I, it wasn't until about 15 years ago I started realizing how important nutrition is to actually getting to that body weight that I want to be at. And not so much just the weight, but the body composition and how important macros are. And then also just making sure that, that you sleep well, you're hydrated. There's just a lot of aspects to that. Talk to me a little bit about the alpha mindset. How did you come up with that? And what does that mean to you? Absolutely. So the alpha mindset part really is, so um, like I mentioned, I've done a few different things with like, um, you know, uh, my kind of like business ideas and, and stuff like that. So I've been always creative with, with names. So really the name I came up with was more from a business aspect, you know, um, it has all three key words in there are, are key kind of uh, words that people may search, you know, the, the word alpha or alpha mindset. And then, of course, the, just the word motivation in there. Um, but I like how it just rolls off the tongue. Alpha mindset motivation. You know, it, it's 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 really just more of a, a, a catchy name. But the, the word alpha to me is just a mindset. You know, I don't go. And then this is why, you know, uh, people that may not be aware of this, like, oh, we have another alpha talker. Someone comparing themselves to the animal kingdom. And, and really, I don't, I don't think that at all. It's just it's simply that someone who's always hungry, you know, just hungry for. And, and that's the little clothing brand I, I started um, a while back. Uh, you know, I don't do that anymore, but it's called it was called Always Hungry. And um, it is just always hungry for growth, you know, striving for excellence, just not wanting to be complacent in life is, is just having that type of mindset. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that I found interesting, you made a comment just now, and I think it was about a week or so ago, I sent you a post from somebody that they had caught, done a screenshot of something that you posted, and then they shared it on Facebook and said, yeah, this is total BS, just another alpha da, 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 type of stuff. How often do you run across that type of stuff? Quite often. <laughs> um, and, not, and not as often... I mean, it's just those one-offs. I mean, it's it's not like um, full-blown all day long, but usually you're going to get someone with uh, their own perspective. And the longer I've been doing this, I, I just realized I, I just let I let it go. You know, let, let them ha um, live their life and view however they want, you know. And then, you know, the first year I would kind of get in there like, well, what do you mean? Be, be more, you know, let, let's get into this. And it was just a waste of time and energy because, again, I realized it's just someone letting me know their opinion. And they probably just see me doing the same. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and regarding that specific post, you know, the, the way I look at those things, it, I recall was, you know, if she causes you stress and not peace, you know, you know, she's not for you. And I like to make those little those posts kind of fun and light, but, you know, have a message. And really that one um, was just that any relationship's going to have stress involved. That, that's normal. And, that, and that's a healthy relationship. But I, I recently got out of a, a short term relationship and this is. You know, we may talk more about this, the whole RP or Red Pill stuff uh, about dating and um, just how I've been of, aware of what gets talked about now. But to, to tie back is um, I just got to have a short little relationship and it was it was unnecessary stress. And it's, it's that only manifests, you know, if if you get that kind of at the beginning of a, a short term relationship, it's not going to improve um, long term. You know, and that's where I get at. You know, it's not 
men are going to cause women stress, women are, and, and vice versa. But if someone's causing you unnecessary unnecessary stress and it's um, bringing you down, it's, it, it's causing you to lose sleep, it's making you question yourself or doubt yourself, that person is, is doing that on purpose, and you, and you got to get away from them. So that's what that yeah. post was about, and 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 I remember kind of reading through the comments, and someone's like, "Of course, women are going to give you stress. That's the point of." But it all comes down to like your boundaries and what's what's necessary and what's not necessary. You got to weigh that stuff out, right? Is there are you spending more time stressing out and being frustrated and having sleepless nights than you are enjoying the relationship? And and it's all about kind of finding that balance. I was just going to say, um, and the reason I like to touch on that kind of stuff about stress or that she's not worth, it's not just the dating aspect, but it, it's also the health aspect. You know, uh, cortisol is real, you know, uh, the stress hormone, and it affects the body. You know, it'll affect your sleep. It'll affect your appetite. You know, some people either eat bad food or they don't eat at all. Right. And I help men that are going through just a crazy stressful divorce. And I guarantee if they can catch certain red flags or have gotten out of it ahead of time they wouldn't be in the situation they're in. So that's where I look at it for more of a health aspect, not just a dating. That's, I mean, that's, that's a very real aspect of it. And, and I know that's not really the intent of our show today, but if we look into the, the health side of it, you're absolutely right. Whenever cortisol levels are, are skyrocketing and you can't sleep and then you're not eating or you're eating crap food just to kind of have some sort of of hit of hormones to make you feel better, man, it's, it's just not sustainable and it's not healthy, healthy at all. All right. Let's talk a little bit about chasing excellence and self-improvement. You made a post with uh, 12 tips on how to increase your value and then also had a, a quick YouTube video. I say quick, maybe 15 minutes long on 12 things to help increase your value. And for all of you listening or watching, I'll put that clip to that video in the show notes so that you can go check it out. But Jimmy, tell me a little bit about what prompted that. And let's talk through a few of those. Absolutely. Um, so just, just the value talk, you know, um, in the whole manosphere, you know, I, I don't, not sure, you know, all your viewers and listeners, I, I, I use, I'm aware of the terms. I don't specifically use the words manosphere and all that, but, um, but, but specifically speaking in that when it talks about value, the first thing you hear about is how much money do you have? What's your social status? And really that, that, that's it. And it mind boggles me because man, their true, true, true value is, is so much more because someone can have a lot of money. They can have social status, but they can treat people like dirt. They could constantly just give out uh, disrespect and expect to be respected back. To me, that's not a valuable person at all. You just have a lot of money and you're popular with society, but you have terrible character. So that's where I uh, tie it back into, you know, value is about integrity. It's about morals. It's about uh, leadership. It's about setting an example for others. You know, people, people uh, that have strong mindsets are, are just, uh, again, striving for excellence. Other people are going to be either timid by that, and that's fine. That's their character. That's for their personality. Or they're going to be inspired and motivated by that person. So, yeah, that's where I just kind of cover, you know, the value because there's a lot more layers than just what's kind of put out there of, of what value is. Yeah, and I think that's a, a misconception whenever I see posts of people talking about high-value man, high-value woman. It, it, it's not just the financial aspect of it, but that's where most people's minds go. They're like, oh, I don't care how much money they have. That doesn't matter to me. But 
there's so much more to that. I mean, it's, and, and I'm going to kind of, I've listed out a few of these that you had talked about in your video is, is acquiring new skills, networking with others. Let's, let's dive into, to acquiring new skills, because that's something that over the past few years, I've started focusing more on. I realized I had a passion around leadership development and, and coaching, and I had to figure out, because I am an introvert by nature, I had to figure out how to get a message out there. And for the entirety of my existence on social media, I've just been a lurker. I've never created content. I've never posted anything. And I had to learn how to come out of my shell. I had to learn how to create videos, how to edit videos, how to create motivational posts and stuff. When you are, as you have gone through this journey, is that something that you struggled with or did creating this content kind of come naturally to you? There was a learning curve. Absolutely. There was a learning curve um, for creating the content. Um, I've always been into to creating stuff um, artistically. You know, um, I always, grow, growing up, I like drawing, painting. I just didn't, didn't do just one specific. I just like to create different things, um, wood shop, you know, just whatever. And, you know, now with the digital age, um, you know, content creating uh, kind of fell natural with that. But there was a learning curve, like you said, you know, um, edit, you know, editing videos, just get in front of a camera and talking and being able to just talk, talk instead of like, all right, what do I say now? And people don't realize that it, it, you have to develop a skill for it, especially if you don't have the skills prior, you know, I never did uh, cinema, cinematography or anything like that. So really editing and all that was from ground zero. And I learned a lot from, you know, YouTube, Google searches. And, and when you learn these things on your own, you realize that, you know, you don't have to essentially, you know, spend tons of tons of money to learn through editing classes and stuff like that. You know, just take it upon yourself. Yeah, I agreed. What are, what are some other skills that you feel are valuable for people to learn that can help increase their value? Absolutely. Um, so learning another language helps, you know, not just with your mindset. I mean, there's tons of study, you know, when you uh, and you don't even have to be fluent, just practice it. You know, Spanish probably being a, a Probably the most popular used in the U.S., but it does. Um, you know, you create more value with uh, business opportunities or, or work opportunities. Um, but just again, that the, the mindset aspect that you're you're learning something new. Um, you know, what I also like to, to, to I help men or talk about is different ways to create money. You know, uh, creative ways. You know, something I I personally do as well, uh, just to make um, supplement income that I enjoy doing is I like to create or I, I refinish furniture. You know, so I do that here and there, but, um, yeah, there's just all kinds of stuff that you can learn either to make money, improve your mindset, improve, you know, your appearance, you know, just, just those type of things. Yeah. I, I like that you touched on, uh, refurbing furniture, uh, furniture or working with furniture, because I actually made a note here on the importance of working with your hands. This, this applies to, to men and women from, from my perspective, but there's a lot of times I'll go through a phase just because everything that's going on with, with my business or work or just it, it's, you can get wrapped up in business in your career very easily. And I may go a few months without doing any sort of projects where I work with my hands. I built the patio furniture that I have on my back patio and and there are times whenever I just start going out and working in the yard because I have this this urge to do man stuff. 
and I like working with furniture. I had a little remote control model boat that my dad and I used to play with whenever I was 12 years old, something like that. He passed away over 20 years ago, but I was able to get a hold of that boat about five years or so ago, and I completely refurbished the whole thing. I converted it from a little nitro motor to electric, and all of that stuff, it it challenged me kind of from an engineering perspective because the boat wasn't designed to be electric. And, and so I went through this whole process of refinishing the boat and, and building it out, but I had to think through like an engineer, okay, how do I run this cabling? How do I cool the components? How do I do all of this stuff? And while working on a little remote control toy boat isn't what some may consider man stuff, but it challenged me mentally and I was able to work with my hands. And, you know, I see a, a lot of, of women that will, uh, do different thing, different projects, whether it's creating flowers and bouquets or, or uh, some people remodel houses, things like that. But it, it's very important to learn those skills as opposed to just sitting around and, and paying other people to do it. I mean, engage yourself, start thinking more about how you can do different things and, and challenge yourself. Absolutely. Yes, sir. What about... What about networking with others? I imagine with your role at bodybuilding.com and the stuff that you do today, networking is a huge component or a huge aspect of your life. Talk to me a little bit about that and how do you leverage networking to increase your value? Absolutely. Uh, I didn't network, I would say, too much with bodybuilding. Afterwards, with, with the food truck I did, you know, networking local with other food truck and food vendors really, um, you know, get you leads and, and expand your business. But, um, yeah, even like what we're doing right now, you know, talking with someone out of Texas, you know, and, you know, just networking and, and expanding our brands and, and just doing what we're doing. You know, um, I think networking also is because it's like-minded people. You know, usually when you network with people, it, you're going to have a conversation that just flows back and forth ideas and ideas. And, and I love that because, um, I, as I get older, like I mentioned, I'm going on 36. Small talk to me, it's it's almost like nails on a chalkboard. You know, uh, it's fine to, to catch up with a friend. Hey, you know, catch up here and there. That, that's fine. But if if we're having long drawn out conversations and it's just it, there's no substance to it. Um, I, I can only do that so often. I really can. So I really enjoy talking about ideas and just you know, inspiring myself, inspiring others, and that's what networking is all about, really. Well, one of the things that I've learned in having this show for about a year and a half is there there are some episodes, which you may or may not have seen, where I'll just get on and talk for 8 to 15 minutes about a topic related to leadership or motivation or patience or something like that. But I learn so much more when I bring guests on. And and I'll bring guests that are that are entrepreneurs or maybe have their own business in the health and fitness industry and things like that. And even people that I've known for more than 20 years, when I bring them on and we start having a conversation, I learn so much from them. It's, it's crazy whenever you start kind of peeling back layers of the onion and having a more in-depth conversation and probing deeper and deeper what we can learn just by networking and just by having conversations that are meaningful with people. Absolutely. I completely agree. You know, and that's probably a, the foundation of networking is, is exchanging those ideas, which really is, is expanding your knowledge. 
Yeah. Yeah. And whenever you're you're networking with people, you're also building skill sets on how to more effectively communicate. I, I've found that a lot as well. People that will just they'll stay in their little bubble, talk to only the people that they know or that they've had as close friends for their life. And, and they don't really grow that much. Whenever you expose yourself intentionally to other ideas and other people's thoughts, you may not always agree, but you can at least look and understand there's a different perspective out there. And maybe I need to think about this a little bit more intently. Yes, sir. Yep. One thing I do talk about uh, is, is just op the open mind over the closed mindset. You know, there are some people that have that closed mindset. And that really limits them for possibility of, of growth. So I, I completely agree. Yeah, it, it, it really does. Hmm. Let's talk. You know what? Actually, I was going to talk about one of these other bullets. But whenever you think about open versus closed mindset with your coaching clients, I'm assuming you probably run across some people that do have very much a closed mindset. How do you get them to come out? How do you get them to to open up and be open and receptive to other ideas? I found the most effective way with this is through questions. Um, the Socrates uh, theory is people usually have the answers deep down in them. You just have to ask the right questions to bring it out. So if you just say, no, it should be like this or it should be like that, and someone's trying to see the black and white, then... You ask questions like, well, how would this make you feel? Or what would you do in this situation? By getting people to kind of engage in that, they see that there's probably a couple of different avenues on how that could be taken or, and you know, just uh, the approach or answers to their question. So questions really are kind of, it's kind of like a funnel. You know, you, you just funnel them down to where, where it needs, where you're trying to get to. I like that. And, and I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, but... Whenever I have um, coaching calls with, with the people that I work with, there's a lot of times when instead of thinking of it like a funnel, I, I actually prefer to think of it as asking the right questions to kind of leave breadcrumbs and guide them to the right answer. And because I've realized that if I know the answer, I can't just tell it to them. They have to figure it out on their own. And you're absolutely right. Most people know the answer deep down, and maybe they just don't want to admit it to themselves. But if you can ask the right questions and lead them to the answer so that they come up with it on their own, that's the best way to get it to stick. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, the best example to, to use is the most basic example. You know, when you're first very learning math, you know, the teacher says, okay, one plus one is, is two. Two plus two is four. You kind of just give them the quick the information, but it doesn't stop there. Then you have to take a test. Okay, what's one plus one? Now it comes back to, you know, letting, making sure that it's resonating with them. So I think that's the best thing is if you're just constantly just telling people, this is the answer, this is this, 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 it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and just hoping something sticks, you know? So again, asking the questions really just helps just throwing it all out there and hopefully that they pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah, such a great point. Let's talk about building confidence. This is something that I have also struggled with in, in my life, and I have my thoughts on it. I've created a few posts and a few little short videos on my perspective on building confidence, but I would definitely welcome your thoughts on this. Yes, sir. So confidence, I, I feel like 
growing up, um, you know, I was a confident person just by the standard definition. Um, compared to the confidence I have now, um, it, it's much different. And that's why I like to, to call it true confidence. And really true confidence is just not caring what other people think about you as opposed to what you think about yourself. And that, and that really hits home because even though I was confident, you know, as a teen and in my twenties growing up, I still deep down cared if I was liked, um, if just those things, you know, and really it, it creates just more of a pseudo confidence. So really when you just believe in yourself, you know, you're a good person, you know, your, your consciousness is, is clear. Um, you, you don't have any hidden agenda. Your intentions are, 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 are out there. Um, you're able just to walk with, with confidence, with dignity, you know, and I really think, again, I use the word manifest a lot, but it does. When you really just are striving to be the best version of yourself and you don't care what others think, you're going to develop this level of confidence that's it's dangerous. It is. When you really don't care what others think, that's when you're, you're truly confident. God, that's tough to get to, though. You think about growing up as kids and in school and high school, like I was picked on and I was probably wasn't picked on as much as some other people, but I definitely felt it. And it takes its toll on you and it take, it can take years to overcome that beat down that you take through junior high and high school and dealing with the popular kids and, and all of that stuff to get to a point where you just don't care anymore. Right. Absolutely. And I'm sure that's going to be really challenging for, for kids these days because growing up, I didn't have social media like, you know, uh, there is now. You know, I think right when I was finishing high school, you know, uh, there were, there was MySpace. But definitely it's not like what the whole Instagram is now and how many followers do you have. And that that's huge. You know, I, I guarantee there's tons of kids out there growing up right now and they feel like their Instagram following is their popularity uh, number in a sense you know when you and i were growing up in school the popular kids in this but now you, there's actually a visual stat you know oh he has x amount of followers he, you know, and so i'm sure kids these days are doing things um that are really just trying to create um you know a life and, and stuff that, that that they're not and unfortunately that's going to be long-term detriment man it really is and and i had a gentleman named dustin sanchez come on a couple of months ago when we talked about how powerful social media can be, but also that it is very detrimental to youth and people that are kind of susceptible to, to kind of going to that dark negative place, comparing themselves to others all of the time and realizing or thinking that they have this horrible life just because Jane over here has... 10,000 followers and is posting pictures on a beach all the time with her boyfriend or whatever, Jane probably has some very real issues and challenges herself, but that's not shown on social media. People hide that aspect of themselves. So we have this, this unrealistic perception of everybody else's lives that's it's very unfortunate on the toll that it can take on people mentally. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't have that lens that uh, and self-awareness that when you're looking at a post, most people are going to post the best moments of their life. Um, you'll also see posts that are the average moments, but you really don't see a lot of posts when they're they're in their lows. They're, you know what I mean? So 
um, or unless it's kind of a, a venting post or something of, of that sort. But again, like you mentioned, people are comparing themselves because they see this great life that they're on vacation and this, this, okay. Are they taking pictures about all the overtime and these things that they did to, to make that vacation happen or the credit card debt that they're going to be in after all that. So you really have to look at the big picture when it comes to social media, not just that single post. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One thing that I really want to focus on uh, for the topic is finding your purpose and focusing on your purpose. I actually just saw some content this morning. A lady, she has had a side business that she's worked on a lot over the years on and off and had a few successes, some failures where she actually had to close it down for a few years, go do something else. And she made a post about somebody providing feedback saying, hey, it looks like you're focusing on your purpose instead of filling a market need. I'm curious when you hear that, what comes to mind? And then also, I see a lot of people that are afraid to go all in on their passion or purpose. How do they overcome that? Mm -hmm. Well, first, to kind of define purpose, because you hear that toss, that word tossed around a lot. Um, and I actually, I'm going to make a little more content on this, but I have made content that usually the to me the the your purpose is really what brings you joy you know a lot of people could have different purposes and your purpose could change throughout your life you know uh you become a parent and then now your purpose is going to be you know being the best parent i can be you know people get into the gym for the first time in their life uh you know i've been training for for just now 10 years but i remember when i first started working out i was like I, everything became okay this is going to be my focus my purpose in a sense and that's that's now uh, adjusted towards i'm just want to be health healthy and, and fit. But yeah, um, really to, to overcome your, your purpose, you have to understand that uh, depending on what it is, that's probably keeping you from that is, is fear. The fear of being judged from others, the, the, the fear, that's a big one. You know, if your purpose doesn't align with what's, what's popular with society, you know, you're, you're going to be judged on that. I want to grow a YouTube channel based on these things. And, you know, someone else hears about that. I'm like, really, you want to, that's your purpose? You know, so people are going to have different purposes and you just have to embrace it and really just go for it. How do you find that purpose? The best way I think to, to find it is, is in, in a sense, to let it come to you. Um, it, but what brings you joy, what brings you peace, what brings you joy, that usually is your purpose. You know, um, what bring, what makes you hungry. So if you want to grow your business, you really want to be at least a six figure person. If that's, 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 you know, your intent and your goals, then that's going to be your purpose and your drive is, is to get to that, that, that level. So it, it's all about your why, you know, and that's no different than health, fitness and stuff. You know, when you're working out 6am or do, why am I doing this? You have to have a why. And when you have a why, the path is clear. Why do you think that six figure mark financially or from an annual income perspective is so important to people? Inflation, you know, uh, but seriously, um, I think, it, uh, but, but seriously, I, I think it's just, um, it's just the word that's tossed around. Like when you hear high values, are you a six figure person? Are you a six figure? Seven figures is, you know, the million dollar market could be almost unreasonable, but if you're not making six figures, if you're not making at least a hundred thousand, that's, that's manageable. How are you not doing that? Right. So you don't hear the word five figures so much, which is actually quite a bit, you know, there's plumbers that make 75 plus thousand dollars. But you don't hear, 
Oh, he's a high value man. He makes five figures. Okay. Cause five figures to someone could be 20,000. It could be 80,000. Um, so again, it's just that pseudo tossed around on the internet, six figures, this I'm a six figure person. So I think that's been coming around for a very long time because I can flash back to my early twenties whenever I was in college, just thinking, okay, if I can just make six figures, I'll be happy. And what I realized is income level of income does not directly correlate to happiness. A lot of people think that there's a misconception there, but what I've found is happiness comes from fulfilling your purpose and chasing your purpose in life, which you kind of touched on the dollars. Yes, it can, it can make life easier so that you don't have certain financial stressors. If you're worried about how you're going to pay your electric bill, that's going to take its toll on you mentally. So if you get to a point where you can earn enough income to cover your basic needs and then maybe a few extra things, maybe a trip once a quarter or a year or whatever that may be, you're going to be a lot happier if you can do that. And I've seen people that make 80000 a year or 60000 a year and are as happy as can be. And I've seen people that make half a million dollars a year that are miserable. That dollar figure does not make you happy no it doesn't and you know the earlier that you find this out the better you're going to be off in life because there's going to be people that are 55 six years old making all the money that they, that they wanted but they're they're lonely and then you know the, the just the truth of the matter is when you pass you're not going to take that money you're going to take uh you know or what you're going to hold on to is, is really the memories and and the life that you created the, how you made people feel you know just those type of things um, and all those belongings, they don't exist when you're gone, you know. So people, you know, there's all kinds of sayings, you know, you, you work to death, you know, to, to become rich and then you do and then life's over, you know. And exactly what you said, you know, there's people that can make 50000 60000 a year, love what they do, have peace in their heart, just peace in their life and stress-free and they're living just their best life. There's people that are going to a job that they absolutely hate interacting with people that they don't want to on a daily basis, just because it, it's by society standards, it's, it's a large amount of money. So yeah, you know, um, again, peace, peace of mind is invaluable. Yeah. I think I, I saw a short little video clip of Jim Carrey years ago talking about how he really wishes everybody could make all the money they could ever imagine and have all the things they've always wanted because they'll realize that that's not the key to happiness. Anyways. Yeah. That's actually a good segue into getting your finances in order in terms of creating or becoming a higher value man or, or woman. And we're kind of talking about income, but what other aspects of getting your finances in order do you feel are important to focus on to, to increase your value? Yep. Yep. The big one on that and really finance in order is just getting yourself out of unnecessary or, or bad debt. You know, there's good debt, there's bad debt. So there's good debt where you're investing yourself. Eventually that's going to make you, besides money back, you're going to be making, you know, profit. Um, and then there's bad debt. And I speak from experience because, you know, from the age of 18, you can apply for a credit card, but it's a lot harder to get a business loan, you know? <laughs> so I started off with, unfortunately, bad habits of spending money that I didn't have. 
And, you know, that's what credit card companies want. They want to give you this, you know, dangle the carrot in front of your face. You can spend this money. And when you don't create good spending habits, um, you stay in debt. And when you get in debt, it's very hard to get out. Debt accumulates, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people that are watching this um, are going to be able to resonate with that because it's a snowball effect. And when you get your finance order or you get out of debt, then you have the extra money to actually invest in a side hustle or that business that you wanted to. And just like you said, if if you're in debt and you know all your paycheck went to just your living expenses, all your credit card debt, and now you got to scrape the money to pay your utilities or have um, money for for food, that's stressful, and that's really going to throw you in a, a cycle of loop. Yeah, I know. Whenever I think back into my mid to well, probably late twenties, whenever I started making decent income. Man, I went a little wild buying cars. I was big into cars and racing, drag racing. And and I spent probably a lot more money on cars than than I should have. And once I got into my early 30s, started making more money and realized, okay, you know what? I'm going to pay all this stuff off because it's not worth having all of this debt to keep up with the Joneses. It's just, it's not worth it. So yeah, I focused a lot on on minimizing that bad debt in recent years and probably over the past decade or so and I found it to be very freeing. I'm no longer fearful of losing my job because I have some financial security so that if it does happen, okay, well, that sucks, but I'm just going to go do something else. So I'm not stressing out like, oh God, if I lose my job, I'm not going to be able to pay for my house. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, there's something I came across. Um, I didn't dive too too much into it, but it's within the, the younger generation, you know, that they're the highest generation with debt, um, credit card debt. And their main reason is because exactly that, you know, social media, they're trying to look like they're living a life that they may, that, that they, that they can't afford simply as that, you know? So when you see people traveling, you see people with, uh, you know, nice, you know, uh, nice clothes or expensive clothes and expensive cars and stuff like that. You don't know the level of debt that that person's going into just to showcase that stuff on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about frame. This is something that I've seen in the the manosphere as you, as you refer to it quite a bit, but what is frame and what does it look like to have a solid frame? So frame is how you carry yourself. That's, that's the main thing. Um, and then of course your physical frame of, again, the way you actually physically carry yourself. So it's a two, two in one, just your frame is, is more mindset, you know, carrying yourself with um, self-respect. That's a big one. When someone carries themselves with self-respect and they're not walking, you know, and they're humble, you know, they're a humble person. So they're not walking around like a macho man with their chest out. That's, 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 you know, a pseudo alpha. Um, but it, it really is just how you carry yourself mindset. And then again, physically, you know, someone who obviously is physically fit, they're going to have better posture. Their shoulders are going to be back, you know, more, especially for a man, more, more broad shoulders. It's just going to give that solid looking frame. Um, and then of course the, the, which we can dive into, and that's going to be more of a frame control. So, um, yeah, frame is how you carry yourself. I like that. How do you build a stronger frame? So physically, um, 
you know, just through physical training, you know, uh, of course there's workouts you can do to, you know, get that more, uh, wider shoulders, you know, that, that actual more physical looking frame. So that's a simple one. Just look, go go to the gym, lift weights. Um, but mindset really, it has to be, first you have to be self-aware again, how you carry yourself. It really is important because you're not going to be able to have self control or stay in your frame. If you're not aware of you being reactive, um, you know, someone says something on your skin, what, blah, 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 and you, you know, you get that person that's like, whoa, why are, you, why are you raising your voice? I didn't, I'm talking to you normally. And I've never really been a big reactive person well before I knew what frame was. It just I just really wasn't. Um, you know, I had moments and stuff like that, like most people. But, uh, yeah, it just comes down to self-awareness and, and controlling yourself um, on that. But to, to build your frame and a- to answer that, really, I think it's just going to be, you know, building your body. And, again, building your mindset where you know that you're going to carry yourself with dignity, respect, and just with control. I like that. And, and I think to, to expand a little bit more on building your body, that has a huge and profound impact on your confidence. We talked a little bit about confidence earlier. There's a lot of things that contribute to that. And, and some big things that come to mind is building your physical frame, lowering body fat, increasing muscle mass, that's not as hard as some people make it out to be. It can be challenging depending on kind of how far you've gone on the spectrum. But as you, well, as you are well aware, there is a spectrum of physical health. Over here on, on one side, you've got 10 Olympic-level athlete. And then negative 10, you've got somebody who is probably on a TV show weighing 600 pounds. There's there's a spectrum here. And as long as you're moving in the right direction and focusing on trying to live a healthier lifestyle, trying to build some muscle mass, trying to lower that body fat, you're going to live a much longer and healthier life. But also, I think confidence can be built by competence and being an expert in your field or being very knowledgeable in a given topic, because the more knowledge you have, the more conversations you have around that topic, it builds your confidence. So, you know, okay, whenever it comes to technology, I'm very confident in my understanding of technology and how it applies to business. I'm a little bit less confident on safety, for example, because I've only been leading that for a little over a year. I'm learning and I'm becoming more competent and confident in it. But also I check my ego and say, hey, I don't know everything about safety. Let's talk through this. Teach me. And so I think a lot of those things kind of feed into confidence and building and maintaining your frame. Absolutely. I agree. You know, it, it is. It's, it's hard um, to disc- or talk about or coach or, you know, a network when you don't really or w- without the confidence when, when you don't have that experience, I guess, behind it. So the more ex- exactly you said, the more experience you gain, the more confident you have. You know, with me coaching men, if I didn't have the life experiences that I've had and the life experiences I've overcome and just the self-improvement of, of studying and the things I talk about, you know, I research and I, I, I kind of apply my own experiences with along with things I learn. And the more I, uh, you know, feel confident or I, I learn about this, the more confident I feel about, say, telling and coaching other men with this advice. Because if you can't, because a good way to, to, to put it is if you, if, 
Oh yeah, I just wanted to add uh, a good mindset I have is if if you're not willing to take your own advice or you live by your own advice, you shouldn't be giving it to others. That's huge. That is so huge, and I see. Oh man, I see the see that a lot in in business. But man, talk about how that plays into the next topic that I, I want to discuss is strong leadership. You recently made a post about strong leadership. What are, are three key tenets of strong leadership from your perspective? And those are probably the three, three bulletins. Um, so integrity, high integrity, um, your morals, you know, you don't, you don't lie, steal or cheat. Um, empathy, you know, to really be able to see yourself in someone else's shoes. And um, courage. Man, uh, I, I would agree with that completely. Whenever I think about those three things, there are certain leaders that I've had in my career and life that display all three of those. But what's also interesting is there are strong leaders and mentors that I've had in my life that will display those in different amounts. Maybe somebody is an incredible businessman that you have a massive amount of respect for, but integrity is a little bit lower on, on the scale. Maybe you see some kind of shady stuff that they do in running their business. In my experience, once you start to see that and kind of pull that curtain back and, and realize, oh, okay, well, they're, they're extremely strong in all of these areas, but integrity is a little bit low, it starts to kind of tarnish your perspective on them. So if you are coaching someone who maybe is an entrepreneur or has a business, are you able to identify maybe they have some questionable integrity that they're displaying? And how do you coach them through that to overcome that? Really, it's, it's just kind of by questions, you know, to, to get a feel of where their integrity lies. You know, um, the kind of life that they live is going to be able to tell you uh, really where their integrity lies, you know, what kind of standards or boundaries and morals that they have. So, Again, it, it's really just the questioning um, to help funnel funnel that down, and then I can, you know, use my best uh, way to apply. We'll try this differently. Try that differently. If you just tell people do this, do that, it, it's kind of like, well, try this, try that, you know, um, or, or try something differently, um, and, and and see if that that works for them. Again, someone has to be. What, this is another thing I like to tell people up front is you're only willing to. To be able to help, I, or I can only help you to a degree of that you're able to help yourself, or, or you're wanting to help yourself in a sense. So if someone's really, sometimes people want to, they want to hear certain things. You know, they ask you advice, but there are certain th things that they want to hear. Um, and if it doesn't align with what they want to hear, they're like, "Well, what about this?" You know, so it, it can go back and forth. I think also self awareness is a huge piece of it. And sometimes uh, you'll run across people that are painfully unaware and, and they look and they set their sights on all of these other people that are the problem without actually looking in the mirror and realizing, ooh, maybe, maybe I'm the problem here. And as a, as a coach, I've found that can be a little bit of a tricky conversation and, and I see a lot of online coaches that the way they approach it is just kind of like, hoorah, yeah, do good, do good. And that's more of like a motivational friend. 
I think it's important for coaches to be able to have that brutally raw, honest conversation with their clients and say, hey, you're kind of slipping here. This isn't the right approach. And those are not easy conversations to have, but they're very important to help raise people's self-awareness so that they know where they're at and, and realize, okay, I'm not doing this the best way I could. And then lastly, they have to want to help themselves. It can't just be you focusing on telling them what to do or coaching them. If they don't want to help themselves, it's kind of a wasted effort. And that's one of the things that I open with with my clients is saying it's really a two-way interview because I quite frankly don't want to waste my time on somebody who genuinely doesn't want to help themselves. And it, like, I don't care about if they're paying me. If they're not going to put in the effort or work, it's a waste of my time. Simple as that, yes, sir. All right. Well, Jimmy, this has been fantastic. Such a great conversation. What are some of the, the key takeaways that you would like for the listeners and viewers to, to walk away with from this conversation? Absolutely. Um, you know, the biggest one is, is you got to believe in yourself and, and whatever you want to do. Um, you know, it, believe in yourself and striving to be the best version of yourself is super important. You know, we're given this one life and the more that you see that it's a gift and time and energy is, is measurements that you cannot put a value on. Um, it's, or I should say, you know, financially it's, it's super important. So don't waste your time. Um, don't, don't live a life that you're going to end up having any regrets on. Um, you know, go out there and, and, and do what you want. Um, be happy with yourself um, and really just be thankful and be appreciative, but don't, don't be complacent. Yeah. Such great, great content. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, that. Jimmy, how do people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, uh, alpha mindset motivation. You just type in those three keywords. Uh, you know, my, my page will pop up and you know, you'll see my name in there. Uh, same thing with YouTube, Alpha Mindset Motivation. Um, you can find me on there as well. And I appreciate any of the support. And um, yeah, it's been a, been great having having me on. All right. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Okay, for all of you listeners, I'm going to have links to how to contact Jimmy in the show notes. So go check out his content. Some really good stuff that he's been putting out recently. Jimmy, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you again. All right. Y'all have a good one.